0: The Sex and Spirituality Podcast is a show where we have real deep conversations about everything from love, sexuality, trauma, metaphysics, and healing. I am your host, Lauren Coletti, a feminist poet and grad student studying forensic psychology with a study on sexual health. As a domestic violence and sexual abuse survivor, I hope these vulnerable conversations inspire you to take an introspective look at yourself to help better your life and the people around you. Thanks for listening. You all know how much I adore, absolutely adore meditation, and I always encourage all of you to engage in self care like yoga or meditation rituals. As a certified yoga instructor and meditation teacher, I am so excited to announce my collaboration with Bloom, the Meditation app. Meditation is crucial in our self healing journey to promote relaxation and better our sex, relationships, and everything in our everyday lives. So, if you are struggling with mental health, anxiety, or stress, a daily meditation, even just five minutes for beginners, helps to stay calm and grounded throughout the entire day. People over at Bloom app have given me a seven day free trial for my listeners. Enter the code BLOOMERS when you download the app. That's B-L-O-O-M-E-R-S. I will link that in the show notes today. I have some issues around setting boundaries. I have you seen know, so. issues in boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it's kind of like it fell to the wayside. But it just sucks because I've been wanting to work out haven't gotten around to that. I I don't know, this week I think I'm gonna not hang out again because I have a pretty large homework assignment to do and that's more important. So it's just, I think it gets lonely because I don't have any friends and he's kind of the only friend that I have. So it makes it hard. Because it's like, I'm not only hanging out with my boyfriend, but I'm hanging out with my only friend. So Mm -hmm. it just makes it kind of hard to not be needy in that sense, like, where I feel like he's the only person. He's the all or nothing for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you get lonely if you're not seeing him or any of your friends?
0: Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I love being by myself, but sometimes... I like having him there kind of as, like, a safety net. Not so much my friends. Like, I could go without seeing them for a long time and not feel any type of way. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's different with him.
1: Right, because, like you said before, it's it brings on comfort. Yeah. Right. Hmm. But if you are sort of ignoring some of your, prior, like, working out, you know, like, doing things that are good for your mental health, you know, I'm going to encourage some boundary setting there because I think, I don't know, I, I think that although that is true, you know, like you, you might get lonely and that might be your comfort and not only him being your boyfriend, but being a friend. Like, you know, I think there's like he, he's almost like the full package, you know, Um, in, in that sense. Uh, however, if at the same time you feel overwhelmed and like you know some of the other stuff that we've talked about in the past like maybe not wanting to have sex and like have like doing it because he's around you know like and then some of your priorities being sort of shifted and being put to the side you're not really doing anything for yourself here
0: yeah you're right and we actually went to couples therapy last weekend and the therapist like brought up a lot of good important things that he said, he, I wish he wrote it down, because I was like, I need to have that, like, engraved on the stone. He said something to the effect of, because I asked him to talk about our sex life, um, because you I've asked been feeling... Nick to talk about it? The therapist. Okay. Like, with Nick, because I've been feeling really disconnected and just, like, numb, and it's just been, like, really painful and unenjoyable lately. So he said something along the lines of, In the past, like you've associated sex with like this power and control thing, like whether it's having the power taken away from you or you see sex as a way to control the relationship. And now when there's not that dynamic in the mix with Nick, when it's like consensual sex, it's like super unappealing to you and you don't know how to relate to it. Uh And I was just like that resonated with me so much. So I don't know, Nick has been like very like anxious lately, like needing a lot of reassurance that I still want to be with him. Like he's he sent me this really long text. I'll read it to you this morning that I was just like, where the hell did that come from? But it was like, I woke up to this super long text message. And he said, he like tried talking to me about our future last night. And I told him, I don't know if I want to think about like, a future, like, cause marriage scares me and I don't feel like I want to get married and cause it makes me feel even more smothered and like caged in. So he said okay. something like, I never want to put you on the spot. I'm sorry if I made you feel awkward. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I want to wake up with you every day and I want to see where the relationship takes us. You're the only one for me. Like just very like anxious, thing. Yeah, Yeah, needing a
1: lot of reassurance.
0: A lot of reassurance. And I was just like, oh, I was kind of just like revolted by that. So I stopped answering. I didn't answer. And I was just like, I want to give you the reassurance you need. But like, I feel really overwhelmed when people, it just feels kind of like smothering. Because it's like, he knows he wants to be with me for the rest of his life. And I'm just like, an insecure, like avoidant attachment where I'm just like, Ew get that shit out of my face yeah so I don't so, really know how to like approach that
1: you know I feel like what's I'm a little confused with like yeah I think a future you know and I think of like possibly being married to this person but then there's also the future of like him moving to Florida right and then just living there and not being I mean that's you know different than being married you would be you know obviously living with this person so like and I know I've talked to, to you a few weeks ago about like this being something that you could see yourself doing.
0: Is that still the case? I could see myself living and moving with him definitely. Cause I think that would be a wise first step before we have anything set in stone indefinitely. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it will be very like challenging for me because I don't have At least after we hang out or, like, we have a conversation, I can decompress and I have my own, like, space to myself where I'm apart from him and his family. And I feel like this is kind of, like, mine, like, my freedom, Mm. my independence. And I do feel like a part of that will be stripped and removed once we live together. Right.
1: Because there would only be a certain amount of time that you would be able to get away and just be centered with yourself. You know, it wouldn't be like days at a time. You know what I mean? Like it would be maybe like a few hours or whatever. But and I, I don't know. Like I feel like I don't know. I'm thinking a lot of things. You Can know? you tell I, me, please? I need <laughs> yes, to hear course. what you're thinking. I'm trying to think of like words to put it in. Just because I'm, almost, I'm almost comparing that version of you there to you now you know and knowing how you sort of feel this way now might be intensified like greatly you know when you are there and like we have spoke about this leading to other things and like really just playing out in different ways you know so I would like to ask like is more as p- part of you What part of you is more or less interested in, like, oh, gosh, how do I explain this? Is there a bigger part of you that wants to live with him and move in with him and have a future with him, or is there a bigger part of you that doesn't see that?
0: I think that the way that the therapist phrased it, kind of answers the question, he said, like, when I'm feeling healthy, I, like, want to be with Nick because I do believe Nick's really good for me because he's very normal and, like, healthy um, and, like, has a very, like, hopeful, positive, like, secure outlook on love and relationships. And he's kind of teaching me what real love is. But at the same time, when I'm unhealthy or I'm feeling fear or avoidant or anxious or triggered like I want no part in that because I'm just like it's so uncomfortable I'd rather just be alone and not deal with it and go back Mm -hmm. to like my old patterns and ways of living because they're familiar and and it's easier to play to be like the smaller victim controlled powerless person in a relationship so Mm -hmm. it's sometimes it's harder to show up and like force myself to receive love And other times, it's just like, when I'm feeling centered, I'm just like, yeah, I think Nick is really good for me. So I don't know if that Uh answers your question.
1: It almost paralleled my question, you know, because I still am curious, like, if more of you feels like you can see a future with him because um, I feel like at the end of the day, Laura, I think I know you pretty well. I think,
0: you know, it,
1: it might be too much at some point, you know, and I like never want you to be in that position, you know? So while we still have the time to just be with ourselves right now, I think that's just something to think about because I, I do agree. I do agree with the other therapists. I think that is true. Um, But I also do feel like if you are pushed too hard, like that's just, it's not going to, it's not going to work. You know, your unconscious, your subconscious will always fight back.
0: Yeah. There's like two sides because I can definitely see it not working out. Like I could see myself just being destructive in the relationship and just causing these melodramas and self-sabotaging and pushing him away to end the relationship. Like I could for sure – hundred percent envision that with certainty. Um, but at the same time, I feel like if I ended the relationship, like this problem isn't going to go away. It's not like the pattern of me wanting dysfunction and just craving drama and just being attracted to abusive, toxic people. That's not going to go away. So that's why it yeah. feels better to stay in the relationship with Nick, because at least I feel like I'm protected from that. Hmm. Okay. So like
1: using that as a shield against a lot of these like darker thoughts and feelings. Hmm. So by doing that, I mean, do you, what do you, what is it that you expect? Like, do you feel like you'll get something out of it at some point? Do you think something is sort of going to connect and I don't know, like, Something will change within you, like with between you and
0: Nick. I hope. I don't think it necessarily needs to change in him. Right. Like for sure, he could be more educated on like dating someone that's been abused or like mm-hmm. trauma, like understanding the dynamics. Cause he doesn't understand. He's just like, that was the past, like now just let love in, like la di da And I'm just like, it's not that freaking easy. But um, I'm hoping eventually, like, if I keep just working on this and, like, therapy and couples therapy that it'll go away. But it's been, like, eight months, and it's kind of just, like, getting worse. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how to, like, approach it, you know, like, approach this uh, the topic because it's, like, being a dead horse at this point.
1: Do you believe things get worse before they get better?
0: Sometimes. Like, I know my dermatologist said that with my acne medication. <laughs> I, don't know okay. about, I don't know about relationships because I feel like the first, what is it, like two years with all like the chemicals and stuff, like you're supposed to be on cloud nine. And for me, I feel like all of that, like, oxytocin has worn off very quickly, <laughs> like, a long time ago. So I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think it will get better, but hopefully the coping gets easier. Mm-hmm. Okay. I
1: very much like what you said about really just involving education, psychoeducation, you know, like, having to like, understand what it's like to you know, date someone that maybe was, you know, just has a lot of trauma or been through a lot of trauma in their life. Um, just because then I think his words wouldn't be so triggering sometimes, you know, like some of the things that he says, like, I know, I know that you probably were triggered when he says things like let love in, you know, because it's diff- it's different, you know, he's, he's different. Um, however, I had a professor one time explain something to me and he was like, you know, if you're building a brand new kitchen, you have to strip it down to its bare bones where it's not working at all until you can build it efficiently and like in the most effective way, you know, and I I, I always love that because I think that is very, very true. You know, things have to sort of have a standstill. Things sort of have to get worse in order for you to build it back up, you Mm -hmm. know. And I'm not sure if that really applies for you and Nick, but I'm thinking of just you, yourself, you know, things that, like, need need to be in the place that they are in order for them to get better because, you know, growth is not linear, healing is not linear, you know. Um, but if tomorrow, whatever, like, you meet someone else and they're all very healthy and, you know, like, I'm thinking, like, a man or something, you know, like, you meet, and not even in, like, a sexual way, but, like, meet somebody else that is, like, them themselves is also centered and whatnot, you know? Um, I think that would almost, like, prove you wrong in a sense, right? Like, this, is someone else is capable of feeling like this, and someone else is capable of actually, like, being healthy and not, like. A dickhead, you know, like not every, not every guy is, but I'm not, you know, I'm not sure if you would see that right away, but like, I, I don't know what I'm trying to get. At.
0: No, I think I interpreted it as when you said that, I guess like a limiting belief came up that no one's going to put up with me the way that Nick does, because I feel like any healthy person would see the dysfunction in me and just like dart to save themselves because Oh. i I mean personally, I wouldn't want to deal with it if I was healthy like ideally um but I'm Nick's first relationship. He's all like hard on his sleeve, and he's like i'm doing I'm uh, willing to do whatever it takes to save this relationship and like put in all the effort I need to to like keep you around and I'm just like it's like that's maybe not healthy because I like I told him I don't want you to do that because I've been in so many relationships where I thought if I go above and beyond like this person will stay with me and it's kind of like I don't know he's like bartering for my affection and I don't feel like that's fair but at the same time I feel like this is the only opportunity I have for like a healthy relationship. Do you feel like he's
1: Hate this word, but do you feel like he's trying to fix
0: anything? Yeah, probably. He's, he probably is, honestly. I think he even said it once. He was like, uh, it was like our first couple's therapy session. He's like, I don't want to hurt her any more than she's been harmed. I want to like fix her. And the therapist was like, she doesn't need to be fixed. And that's not your job. Mm -hmm. But I've been there myself. Like, I've taken on that savior role where I'm like oh this wounded little bird like let me bring them back to life and it just sucked the life out of me Mm do you think that's happening with Nick yeah he's he denies it but like I feel like I'm draining him I feel like him loving me is just damaging him wow
1: Is that are you, is that like an assumption? Is that a feeling? I mean, have you it, have you been able to sort of see that play
0: out? Um, it's probably an assumption because I've told him I felt like that, and he says not at all. Okay. But I'm like denial is very strong. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just feel like he's getting like a PhD and like. I don't know, mental health by dating me because I just feel like a nutcase. Oh. Like, so it's probably an assumption, but I feel like there's some truth to it as well. Oh. Gotcha. So, if
1: there was another healthy man that came around your life, you don't think that, like, you would allow them in, that you would sort of just go back to things that you were
0: once used to? Probably. Like, I feel like maybe I would be at first initially attracted to it, but then once like that honeymoon period wears off, like I just want no part in it because once things start to get like deep and intimate and close and more than just like physical or, you know, sexual chemistry, it's kind of just like not, it doesn't interest me anymore.
1: What about some of the exes that you've dated? Like, I'm thinking of the honeymoon period. Was, was that extended? Do you think that you've had that for a longer period of time? or
0: Probably it was the same amount of time. But the thing with my last few relationships is it was always push and pull, hot and cold. Uh-huh. Like, we were always breaking up, getting back together. So it was very different. Uh-huh. So you were kind of just like always on your toes, like walking on eggshells. And I guess it made it exciting to an extent.
1: Mm, Gotcha. Right. Like the adrenaline rush kind of pushing aside the honeymoon, honeymoon phase. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. And they were always like, they weren't invested in me. Like Nick is like talking about, he wants me to be his wife and everything like that. Like it was kind of, I had to compete for their love, like my one ex, the most like turbulent relationship. Like he was always like, oh, like if you don't want me, there's a million other girls that will kind of thing. Like if you don't have sex with me, like I'll go get it elsewhere. And that by all means was like very mean, but it kind of made it like I was down here. They were up here on this pedestal and I had to like climb to fight for their love And Uh with Nick, he just kind of gives it freely and it's kind of just like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah, right,
1: like where you don't have to fight it or fight for it, where it's being given to you. And it's weird, right? Like in one sense, you climb this ladder trying to get to the top, trying to even just try and get affection from somebody else. And then on the other hand, you have someone that is just willing to give it to you kind of like equal playing field and it's like wait a second I don't have to fight for this like do you think that in your past relationship if that person were to just finally give it to you you know where you didn't have to climb anymore we didn't have to fight for it that you would feel like
0: this probably yeah the word equal You said that really rung a bell because in the past it was very unequal, but you know, the scales were tipped in one side, like extreme this, it feels more equal Uh and it's kind of just like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) Uh And I, I feel like I'm unconsciously or even like consciously, like trying to make it. Like the scales tip, because I even said to Nick, I was like, maybe we should take a break, maybe we should take sex off the table for a little while, so I'm not having these resentful feelings. And I was like, but you did say that I said it to him, and I was like, okay. but you could go have sex with whoever. And the therapist was like, you're definitely trying to just like break up the relationship by saying that, because uh-huh. I would for sure be bothered if you know he slept with First. another person. So I'm just, like, so petty. I don't understand. Just
1: adding turbulence. Yeah. Because it's comfortable. I know. I remember saying, like, if there's a way in which you can add turbulence in a different way, you know, where it wasn't, like, so extreme, where it wasn't so, like, up and down, but in a different sense where you still got that same feeling, you know, like, that sort of like craving that you get for that, you know, but with Nick, like if it wasn't like at the end of the day, it wasn't unhealthy, you know, but you still got the same sort of rush and no idea what that looks like or how that would even happen, you know? Yeah. But I'm wondering if that would be like where you would get like your fix of it, you know, because like after you say, things like, I mean, like hearing it from your other therapist, you know, hearing like the fact that you might want to break it up. Like, does that give you any type of rush? You know, because that's making things sort of unequal.
0: Yeah. I just got really excited. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. So, so like, if that is an element that you like to have, I think that's an important conversation to have with Nick you know because you know yourself pretty well um and if this is something that you do want like what is another way in which you can have this feeling and where it doesn't leave you sort of with more trauma you know
0: yeah it kind of reminds me of like when I used to self-harm like the therapist that I was seeing was like instead of cutting yourself like we're going to use Rubber bands, I think. And she's like, anytime you have that urge, just snap the band. And then eventually mm-hmm. it was like from rubber bands to like mindfulness exercises and just like working your way out of it more healthfully. So it mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of that. But I'm not sure what the equivalent to that would be. The first thing I thought of was like, go skydiving together. But like, that's, you know, not- <laughs> it's so funny that I thought
1: of like, I thought of six flags. I thought of like a roller coaster, <laughs> yeah. you know, like adrenaline. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: right but that's like and you know you know yourself and you know Nick better than I would so I don't know like I'm not sure if skydiving would do it but if there was like something in between you two you know like yeah. I don't know it's something to, to maybe just like bounce off of Nick you know like just to see if you guys can get somewhere with that because yeah. I think if I don't know if, if it works like great, you know, then that might be like a step closer into some direction, you know, but like, and if it doesn't, then it doesn't. And we know that.
0: I'm just not sure how to have these conversations with him without hurting him. Because if I heard someone Uh saying, like reflecting back at me, what I'm saying to you, I would take it very personally. I'd be like, I'm clearly inadequate. My love is not sufficient for this person. I'm not doing enough. And I know him and like he's just such a like a sweet soul that like it would really hurt his heart and he'd it just make him linger on it more Is does she want to be with me? Like he would just ruminate and perseverate on is she gonna leave me like those anxious thoughts? So I don't know how to tell him this in like a secure, comforting way. Hmm. And with you saying that it's like putting his feelings
1: before your own. You know, before even, like, figuring out how to do it, you, you're thinking of how he would feel in that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I might, I feel like I'm supposed to because everyone tells me relationships are putting the other person before yourself. Mm. So. Do you think that's
1: healthy? Like, do you...
0: <laughs> no. Hmm.
1: You know, the heart pump... Bleh pumps blood to itself before it pumps blood anywhere else in your life in, in your mm. body you know and I think I think that's what needs to happen here you know like if you put yourself first and if that was something that were to happen maybe it would be I don't want to say easier but oh <laughs> oh
0: my gosh <laughs> hello sorry hello. he always like has to steal the show okay oh my gosh but yeah I agree I think that like I don't know it's it should be 50 50 in relationship it shouldn't be like one person above the other I just like I'm not sure what so because I
1: think like if and this goes back to sort of structure you know structure creates safety um and just have both of your attention right now. <laughs> um so like boundaries I think, you know, like putting yourself first. I think if not often time you can lose yourself in a relationship, you know, and I think that's when resentment happens when you put someone else first before your
0: own feelings and thoughts. You know, your cat's like, Yes, yes <laughs> I feel it. You're right. <laughs> yeah I definitely need to work on boundaries I feel like what if it what if it was you putting yourself
1: first you know like right like i I can see wanting to put the other pe- person's feelings first especially in a relationship um but when that line gets sort of blurry you know there's a lot of resentment that can sort of stir up from that you know because you're not you're you're putting yourself second you know and I think it's almost like I don't know, like a, a, a lot of stuff comes up from that, you know? So I'm thinking like if that, if you were to set sort of set boundaries, you know, in some type of way, I don't know, like it wouldn't have to be in every aspect, you know, but if it was in one, like, I'm wondering if that would be like a chain reaction into how you would feel.
0: I know he would respect my boundary. I'm just not sure how to do it or like what to, because even if we go back to the moving in together part, that boundary of like, all right, I'm going to take two days alone to myself. Like that's completely eliminated. So I don't know. Like that's why I was thinking of taking sex off the table because like you said, the resentment, like I have so much resentment around that. So I don't know if that's a boundary or if that's just kind of like a, like way to avoid intimacy. Like I'm not sure how to tell the difference between the two. Like what is the, underlying like origin of the boundary is it me trying to like self-preserve and self-protect and care for myself or is it me trying to like sabotage the relationship Mm. yeah i think that's
1: a great great question you know because you know between you and nick because taking sex off the table to me indicates that there's something deeper there you know um and my head sort of goes to intimacy, intimacy, you know, almost like being controlling that part of it. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know what that would look like, you know, if you were to sort of set some type of boundaries, like if you were to put yourself first, like going back to the conversation we had a little while ago, you know, like, getting the same type of feeling um same type of adrenaline feeling same type of like and you immediately said like you, you, you don't you don't know how to say that to Nick without him having his feelings hurt um you know like something like that that is putting someone else first mm. than yourself you know and it could be a very good thing you know I, I mean it could be like, it could be a bad thing. Like, I, I don't know, you know, I don't think we would know until it happens.
0: Yeah. I would, it's interesting you say that. Cause I would never think of that as putting someone else first. I would just think of it as like trying to not be an asshole, but I can well, see like why you would say that, like where you're coming from. It makes sense. Cause it's kind of like prioritizing their feelings over your own so much so that you kind of just stuff down what you're feeling. But I I did want to ask you, because I know we only have, like, a couple minutes left, something that I just wanted your opinion on, because in the past, like, and I know you do DBT, I've never, I've been told I have, like, every diagnosis under the sun, and I don't think so much that the label matters, but... I was listening to like this video the other day on like psych to go. It's like a YouTube channel (laughs) and they were talking Uh about like borderline personality disorder, which like I've had a couple nurse practitioners say that I had that in the past, but I didn't agree with it because I thought they were solely basing it off of the fact that I used to self harm. And that's like a, Uh a criteria or something. But I was, as I was listening to the video, I was just like, this sounds very accurate <laughs> and it kind of like really bothered me. So I didn't okay. know, like, I guess I'm not like trying to get verification or validation. I'm just kind of asking what your opinion on that would be.
1: Um, Wait, so let me ask you why that would bother you. Why is it that something that you might resonate with bothers you? You know, sort of a, a label like that, I guess.
0: Because, for example, when I was told, like, I have depression or I have PTSD or a bipolar disorder, or whatever, like, I felt like that was out of my control. That was just brain chemistry. And that was mm-hmm. me being traumatized. Like, as a result, I had all these issues. But I feel like with personality disorders, especially the cluster B ones, it's kind of just like an insult to your character. It's like a personality deficit. And it's like a personal flaw. At least that's like the stigma around it. It's kind of like borderline people are known as being assholes and like not being able to control their temper and just being impulsive. And I never saw myself as a manipulative person. But now that I'm on the opposite end where I'm not in an abusive relationship, I feel like I'm definitely a lot more the instigator, the manipulative one. So it just makes a lot more sense to me now I feel like oh snap like what if that's true (laughs) yeah so I don't have
1: that as your diagnosis just because I in a sense I agree you know you attach a heavy diagnosis to someone and that can follow them you know and I have a lot of empathy towards that because I think that almost as like projective identification. This is your label. This is how I'm going to act. Someone has told me I was this for a really long time. I'm going to play it out. Um, but I, I think generalized anxiety, that's where I, my brain goes to, uh, PTSD for sure. You know, like a lot of stuff like that. I didn't, I wouldn't say borderline. Like that's, that's not where my head would go, you know, but I don't know. Something to check out. My DSM is on the floor right now. <laughs> um, and just to go over it again, because I don't, again, like that's, that's not where my head was at, you know, but I don't know. Like if that were the case, you don't think it's like a brain Im- a chemical imbalance in your brain. You think it's sort of more like something to do with you, like more surface.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely, from, like, what I've heard about, it, it's mostly brought on and induced by, like, traumatic attachment and things like that. But I don't feel like mental illness is an excuse to be shitty to people.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I, I agree in a sense. I also think that, you know, sometimes I think emotions and feelings are much stronger than some people expect, you know, and I don't know, like if you're used to something a certain way for so long and those, there's already like something in your nature, you know, like it's just, it's, it intensifies, you know, I think a lot more than you can control.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I think the only reason I really uh, felt that it was hitting home was because of the extremes it was like one second you love someone and the next second you hate them and uh-huh. I can relate to that with Nick not that I ever hate him but like one second I want to be super close to him and the next second I don't want anything to do with him and yeah think, the turbulence yeah it's just confusing uh-huh. having all the mixed emotions all the time uh-huh